Hi everybody, I'm Taylor Onion and this is Power the Journey. We are powered by Game Plan with partners such as the NFL, NBA, Pac-12 and over 300 athletic organizations. Game Plan is the only all-in-one platform for total athlete development on and off the field. Game Plan is also the single largest community of student athletes seeking employment opportunities in the world. So whether you're an organization looking to create comprehensive e-learning education or an employer looking for your next star employee, ask yourself, did I game plan it? For more information, visit GamePlan at wearegameplan.com. That's wearegameplan.com. All right, as I mentioned, I am your usual host, Taylor Onion, but for last week and this week's episode, I have passed the reins to our VP of Professional Services, Jennifer Cross, to kick off our Mental Health Awareness Month series with a two-part interview featuring Dr. Christine Jehu. Here is part two. Dr. Jehu, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I feel so lucky getting to talk with you twice in one month. <laughs> We're usually spaced a little longer, so this is great. Uh, so last time you were with us, we learned about your background. We dug into some trends that we were seeing in student-athlete mental health, talked a lot about what, what's happening on campus, which I think is you know, really reflective of what's happening on campuses across the country with our student-athletes. So today I'd like to shift the conversation just a little bit um, and focus on them, some, some things for coaches and staff to be aware of relative to how can they best support student-athlete mental health and well-being. So um, I think let's start broadly a little bit um, and talk a little bit about today's generation of student-athlete, um, the 18 to 23-year-olds who are showing up on campus uh, obviously, a lot is written all the time about generational differences, whether it's in the workforce or seeing different generations cycle through. But but talk about this group in particular. You know, we talked last time about the pandemic and impacts that that specifically is having on student athletes today. But, you know, what are some other more broad characteristics of today's generation of student athlete that we should just sort of keep tucked in the back of our mind as we're working with them as coaches and administrators? Yeah. Oh, a couple of things come to mind. Um, one is just like this information overload, right? I, mm. I can't remember the exact statistic, but something like today in a matter of minutes, we can receive the same amount of information that we received across a week, mm. you know, 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in a, in a blink of an eye, it's all yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of coaches and administrators are, are aware that the athletes are bringing so much more with them to mm-hmm. the classroom, to the field, and they're having a hard time compartmentalizing and being mm-hmm. fully present. And I think our average attention span is down now to like seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Seven seconds, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you think about that element of scrolling and mm-hmm. like that very short attention yeah. span, that impacts that impacts how you coach, that impacts how you connect with the athletes. Mm-hmm. You have to make an impact and a hook and, and get them to care <laughs> like mm-hmm. from the jump. Yeah. And the because I said so. It, that doesn't fly anymore. That doesn't fly. Yes, you yeah. will have some yeah. athletes who are like, yep, I'm going to follow the rules. I'm not going to okay. question. Yeah. I don't need to know the why and the ins yeah. and outs of where we're going with this. 
but that's few and far between. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our athletes want to know the rationale behind things. They want to know how, if we're making this adjustment to my skill or to the schedule or to Mm -hmm. our approach to the game, why is that important? And they're not doing it in a defiant way, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're, they're, they're wanting and needing Mm -hmm. to fill in the blanks so that they can get bought in. Yeah. Right. So if we can think about how can, how can we fill in the gaps and, and provide some of that background information Mm -hmm. to the athletes of why, right? Like we want to teach them. So you could Mm -hmm. think about all of these humans that you're working with are potential future coaches. Yeah. And when you're going through coaching, you need to understand the why and all of this rationale. So let's go ahead and provide it. Yeah. Cause that's going to help them calm down. That's going to manage some of the anxiety and it's going to increase, increase your buy-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Provide stability when maybe they feel like the world around isn't maybe the most stable place right now, right? Between yeah. pandemic, war in Ukraine, you know, all the myriad of issues that they're facing. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one and of I'm the thing- thinking, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, let me just share this one. Other yeah, thing. absolutely. We listen, I have like, my own thoughts about the education system in our country. <laughs> but the truth is, is students are being taught to test at this point. Mm-hmm. So the ABCD, like they're just looking for the answer. Mm-hmm. And so there is far more concern about getting it wrong and what mm-hmm. happens if they don't pick the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll oftentimes hear coaches say like, when I ask a question there, the athletes are like deer headlight. Yeah. Well, if they don't have options to pick from, they're not used to mm-hmm. thinking through it and, yeah. and feeling okay with talking, talking through it to come to a solution with you. Right. So if you sure. can build a culture of modeling that and also welcoming, like yeah. let's brainstorm out loud, let's throw ideas out there. Um, and work to get to a solution together, that's yeah. going to just increase their comfort in the space. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I taught a university course once about creativity and innovation and leadership. Mm-hmm. And I would give an assignment and they'd want to know the parameters of the assignment. Mm-hmm. How many words, how many pages should it be double spaced or single spaced? And I kept pushing back. This is a course on creativity. It should be as long as it needs to be for you to tell me what it is that you want to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really uncomfortable for some of them. Some of them embraced yeah. it, wrapped their arms around it, were like, yep. great. But others really, you could almost see the, the stress in the conversation at the end of class yeah. when they'd come up and say, but, but can you please just tell me a little more about what it is that you're seeking, right? Yeah. And, and student athletes want to please their coaches the yep. same way that students want to please the professors and the faculty and um yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. So and I think the pressure to please their parents too, right? Yeah, so I think sometimes sure. are coming in and they're asking questions and they're what may feel like demanding playing time, demanding a start, right? There are, there are expectations from parents and family systems and home that mm. if they're not living up to it. They're getting, they're getting the, those messages when they leave the field and when they leave your space. And so knowing that it's not necessarily about them or, you Mm -hmm. know, them being ungrateful or whatever it is, 
Um, so understanding where your athletes are coming from, their cultures, their family systems, the pressures from home, that's just going to better help you coach them, um, and support them in navigating like the, the developmental milestones and growth that comes through sport. Sure. Yeah. Something that I've, I've seen a few places and I've heard a couple of sport administrators, um, allude to is, is this, um, sort of shift that, you know, a sport administrator will be getting ready to have that postseason conversation with the coach. And mm-hmm. sometimes they hear feedback from the coach that the coach is almost afraid to coach the student athletes today. Mm-hmm. And some yeah. of that is maybe adjusting style, right? It, it mm-hmm. could be operational and tactical like that, but, but there's almost a deeper layer of um, stress on coaches today Mm-hmm. about how do I create a system of accountability? Um, yeah. what, what if I am the person who is coaching a student athlete in a strictly performance way, in ways that I've done for 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the thing that, that pushes that student over, you know, that mm-hmm. that's, they aren't in a place to receive that. And so now I'm concerned that the way I show up is going to hurt student athletes and how I'm showing up. And so talk through that piece a little bit, because it seems like on the one hand, the accountability is what helps give that stability in a program and the cohesiveness, Mm -hmm. but yet Mm -hmm. at the same time, there's almost a slight fear of creating that environment of accountability or where we're just putting all the hard things out on the table. We're dealing with conflict. We're um, talk through that piece a little bit, because I've heard that more than once, even just since the beginning of this, this calendar year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so this might sound kind of like an asshole, but like, <laughs> if you're, if you're wondering that, mm-hmm. take a really close evaluation of yourself, yeah. right? Like, are there ways that you're approaching coaching that have opportunity to evolve? Um, and mm-hmm. like, are you being a jerk? <laughs> like you ask yourself, right? Ask, ask your, ask your um, assistant coaches, ask your partner, ask, ask colleagues. Mm-hmm. Like literally, do that. Yeah, ask your student athletes. Yeah, um, and so like yeah, if you're being a jerk, let's tone that back, right? Mm-hmm. But also, is it that that some of what we're talking about <clears throat> about the athletes and their needs are different? Mm-hmm. So what can you do in terms of your own? professional and personal development to learn different ways to connect. There's a really fantastic book. I have no affiliation with it uh, (laughs) at all. I, I am 99.9% sure. I feel like I'm blanking on it, but um, it's called coaching athletes to be their best. Mm -hmm. And it's grounded in motivational interviewing. So Mm. motivational interviewing is like a clinical technique, Mm -hmm. but it's, I I've read about a quarter of the book. I haven't gotten mm-hmm. all the way through, but yep. I love what I'm hearing in it. And yep. it's written for coaches mm-hmm. on how to approach your conversations a bit differently with mm-hmm. your student athletes to, it, it's sort of like backdooring, right? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to go through the front door and it is locked and you are right. banging, you're like peeking in the window. I know yeah. you're there. Like, can we come, <laughs> to the front? can we go through the back door? Right. Yeah. Just different ways to get at the same information from the athlete that feels a little bit less threatening on the receiving end. So, so do some of that work, but the other piece and what the underlying fear is, I think for most people is that 
they don't want to feel like they're the one who was responsible for someone having a mental health crisis. Yeah. And the truth is, if you are not being a jerk, right. And if you are not directly telling someone to engage in unhealthy behaviors, sure. You are not responsible. You are not responsible, right? Like clinicians all the time have clients who make attempts on their life, who Mm -hmm. die by suicide. It's just the reality of the situation. And I know I'm saying this like in a really direct or it might feel like a disconnected way. Mm -hmm. I deal with this stuff every day, right? So I, and I clearly value, um, you know, human life. But the truth is I tell student athletes all all the time when we get into conversations about their safety, you can sit here and lie to me all day, but I like, and that's, you know, like you could lie to me and tell me that you're fine and leave and make an attempt. Yeah. But I cannot support you and and serve you and help you with lies. Right. So you're not being honest. Yeah. So know that like, (laughs) not one person who is there for, to help somebody and to support them, you're not going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. right? Right. Like if somebody is thinking about it and if they want to harm themselves in some way or Mm -hmm. make an attempt on their life, they're, they're going to do it. Right. And like, they have the right to do that. It's, it's their life. So I I hear you not wanting to contribute to it. So that's where, you know, start these conversations, do the inner work on yourself, know who your supports and connections are and know that if, if you say something and a student athlete starts crying, like tears are normal. It's emotional sweating. Don't freak out. (laughs) Like it's cool. You do it too. If you let yourself, right. Right. So know that your responsibility in those moments is to be a human with another human. Right. Listen openly to what they're saying. Yeah. Clarify with them Mm -hmm. what you're hearing. Yeah. And offer, here's a next step. Yeah. Here is, here are the people that we're connected to. Here is our helpline. Here is X, Y, Z. And not in a, I'm passing you off kind of way. It's a, yeah. if you have a Dr. Jehu, how can I support you in connecting with Dr. Jehu or insert whomever, right? Right. Let's, let's write an email together. Yeah. Let's pop over to the office. Yeah. If you have a helpline or even the Mm -hmm. national helpline, right? Let me start the, the call. And I'm going to pass the phone over to you and I'm going to sit with you while you make the call. If you need me to step out, I'll step out and you can have my office. Yeah. Right. Those are your responsibilities. You are not the therapist. You are not doing the risk assessment. It's your job to hear, support, clarify, and support them in getting to the next step for the, with the people who are trained to do the assessment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, so often you hear you know, but I didn't know this person was struggling. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and it's, and that's kind of my question, right? We talked a little bit in our last episode about how mental health sometimes shows up in the physical body in injury. So I think sometimes it's, is it that, you know, people say they didn't know, but is the concern, the fear that I didn't see. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. injury one, uh, perhaps, flag, you know, a student athlete, maybe that has, does not have a history of injury suddenly seems to have chronic physical Mm -hmm. conditions that aren't, um, 
acute, aren't uh, super diagnosable, and and I'm not getting the terminology right on this, but you know, you can take us where I you know want you to yeah. head in some of this, <laughs> yeah. which, which is you know what are some of those things? Um, you know, tears, normal, completely normal, and also something that you can see that. Yeah requires further exploration. Maybe, you know, what are some other things that yeah. a coach or a sport administrator might see that they could connect to just asking themselves that question? Do I need to step in in a little bit different way or in a personal one-on-one way to mm-hmm. just probe a little further, see what's going on and, and see if yeah. further help, help or referral <clears throat> is needed or support? Yeah. So let me say a couple of things before we get to the actual like signs. Yeah. Remembering that mental health is on a continuum. Yeah. Right. Or even on like a wheel, right? Because I don't really think there's like a start and end point. Start and end. Yeah. We're on a continuum (laughs) and that people could exhibit some of the the signs that I will tell you and may not meet criteria for a clinical diagnosis. Sure. Some of these people will exhibit symptoms and they may not need formal mental health treatment, but they may need other types of support, other um, culturally relative, um, supports and services or community Mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. Um, so it's on a continuum, but then let's also remember power. Yeah. So many student athletes are afraid that if, if you as an administrator or a coach know that they have clinical depression or clinical anxiety, or are seeing, you know, a professional in any capacity that, you are going to think that they're incapable of mm-hmm. doing their job and that their starting spot or their spot on the team in general is going to be revoked. Yeah. Right. So know yeah. the power that you hold. Yeah. And so again, that conversation of if you like, these are those front door, the doors locked conversations. Yeah. You're probably not going to get in unless that athlete is super secure with themselves and they're like, but those are also going to be the people who are going to be telling you and sharing with you and talking about mental health. So right. these are the garage door, back door. Right. You might have to collapse around the house. Fire escape. Yeah. Yes. Fire escape, tunnel through the basement, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so please know that. And, yeah. and like, if you don't, if you know that you're, that you're never going to take somebody's starting spot or kick them off the team because of their mental health. And mm-hmm. you can even say that till you're blue in the face. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to believe it, right? Yeah. Because of all of the stigma and everything that goes around our mental health. Mm-hmm. So some of those things, um, yeah, it might be tears. And again, tears are normal. Yep. But if you're starting to see tears on the field, in the locker mm-hmm. room, on the bus, showing mm-hmm. up more frequently yeah. uh, with different intensity uh, and in, in times that this athlete doesn't typically exhibit tears. Sure. Be curious about that. Yeah. Um, the injuries, the little aches and pains, stomach aches, um, mm-hmm. diarrhea, mm-hmm. vomiting, right? Like unexpected, right? And not induced, self-induced. Right. I mean, self-induced, that's another one that we want to pay attention to as well. Sure. Um, sudden uh, increase or decrease in weight, mm-hmm. appetite changes. So if mm-hmm. somebody is it's not eating, uh, like refusing to eat when you're on the road, or you see them kind of picking at their plate. Mm-hmm. This, and I know that we're kind of dancing between, um, 
like eating disorder behavior, right? right. I don't want you to freak out and think right. that somebody has an active eating disorder. Right. But if somebody's navigating depression, mm-hmm. changes in appetite and changes yeah. in weight are common symptoms. Also anxiety, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're super anxious, you physically may not be able to eat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Isolation, right? So let's say you have that athlete who's normally kind of in the thick of the talkative ones on the Mm -hmm. bus. And then all of a sudden they're starting to self-isolate in the back or sitting up in the front. They're always popping their headphones Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. You see when, when everyone's leaving the field, this athlete goes one direction or they're by themselves. Um, hygiene changes. Mm-hmm. If you, mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't look like they're sleeping, doesn't look like they've brushed their hair, men, if they they haven't shaved in days, if it smells like they haven't showered after practice, like yeah. those are all pieces that these activities of daily living are basic. Um, yeah. you know, how we take care of ourselves. If that's, kind of fallen off the grid mm-hmm. attention difficulties, mm-hmm. right? If somebody's normally locked in in practice and all of a sudden, you know, they're like watching the birds fly by or you're saying things to them and they are glossed over and it's clearly not sinking in. Yeah. Uh, obviously academic mm-hmm. impacts. Yep. Yeah. Those are all, I'm probably missing some things, but those are some yeah. of that come up more sure. immediately. Changes sure. in the weight room too. Like you know, if it's somebody who's been making great gains and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're like kind of falling back, Mm -hmm. um, those would be things, you know, someone's not running as fast. I mean, those performance related elements, it doesn't mean that they're not trying, right. Right. Sure. Um, but that's gonna not working hard. It's just different. Mm -hmm. It's, it's showing up different. Yeah. 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 Frustration, anger, all of those pieces. Yeah. Yeah. The anger piece is interesting. Outbursts maybe where, Mm -hmm. Somebody yeah. used to be really even, I, I know I've have people that have seen that in the workplace, you know, mm-hmm. a professional staff person who used to be really just, you know, predictable and even, and, yeah. you know, now suddenly showing up very, you know, angry or unsettled or, um, yeah, or not, able more to, not able to flex. Yeah. 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 More sarcastic, a little bit more punchy kind of coming at people for yeah. no reason those types of things. Yeah. So all this sounds like a lot to me for coaches. Um, you know, some, some teams are smaller, some teams are larger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, what are some ways you think that an athletic department in general can help support coaches as they're trying to support student athletes? You know, we have these personnel, strength coaches, athletic trainers, coaching staff, who really are that, you know, the academic advisor, who are those consistent frontline in-person touch points for the student athlete. Um, but what's a, what's a way for departments to support them in this work and in this period where we all do need to have this heightened awareness and um, be showing up very personally? You know, a lot of this feels so much to me like hand-to-hand, hand-to-hand, right? It's one-on-one, Um, but what are some, what are some things maybe that athletic departments can think of? Well, it has to come from the top, Mm -hmm. right? If the AD and and the AD's crew do not walk the talk, Mm -hmm. it's like, that has to happen. Yeah. That has to happen. Yeah. You can't have positions like mine 
just to check the box to show the NCAA that you have, Mm. you have the people, Mm -hmm. right? Because it is felt if you don't truly believe it. Yeah. So uh, administrators, like y'all have to, just like I said, with the coaches, like do a a self-evaluation. Are you being a jerk? Yeah. (laughs) Like actually believe that this matters. Yeah. And if that's like, if that's where you're at, you like do your work (laughs) because it matters. Yeah. You have mental health too. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying go to therapy. I'm saying, educate yourself. Yeah. Listen to people's stories, like a plug, but not a plug. Like listen to my freaking podcast. You're going (laughs) to hear people's experiences. You're going to get these tips and tricks because all of us have mental health Yeah, and you have to model it. Yeah. Athletics. Like we, we joke all the time that like, Oh, (laughs) you don't work in athletics. So like you don't get it. Right. Or they'll say so-and-so gets vacation. We're like, (laughs) yeah, not athletics, you know, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to need a definition of uh, the V word that you just used. Right. Yeah. Burnout, right. Burnout is so high in the industry right now. Yeah. Like I'm technically on a 37.5 hour a week deal. The last time I worked 37.5 hours, like, yeah, I'm sorry. Never. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I had our last director said to me of of the counseling center was like, Christine, Mm -hmm. I like, can you pull it back a little bit? Like, I'm afraid that you're going to burn out. And I go, Oh, that's cute. That's cute. No, no, I can't. Right. I cannot. (laughs) Right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it, it has to come, it has to come from the top down. And if that means as administrators, you all go on a retreat and you bring somebody in and you dive in and you Mm -hmm. figure this out and you face the barriers, the stigma, Mm -hmm. your own biases. Like if you truly care about the health Mm -hmm. and well-being of our student athletes and of your, the folks that work for you, then you have to do this work. Yeah invest in, in your team and in yourself, and it will have a trickle down effect. And like, you probably gonna be a little less stressed out, right? Right. Like if you learn how to do this stuff, (laughs) you actually care and you break down those barriers for yourself. Like you are going to be more healthy. Your system is going to be more healthy. And when all of that happens, you will win more games. Right. I I promise you. Oh my gosh. Right. You got to do it. And you have to, you have to do it truthfully. Yeah. Right. You can't just go through the motions. Yeah. Put it on Instagram mm-hmm. and make it look cute. Like yeah. this is hashtag this is, mental health yeah. week. Right. This is the hard stuff that's yeah. done behind the scenes. You don't just yeah. put a cute book. You all can't see me, but I have a color coded bookshelf. Yeah. I've read these books. This is adorable, just by the way. Show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yep. you. It is part of the backdrop, but I've read yep. the books and I've done right. the work and yep. I've taken the notes and I've tried things on. And I've done my own therapy and I've, you know, like gone in and changed things, right? Like we are so hooked to, this is the way that it's always been done. Yeah. Disrupt this system for the good of the athletes. Of the athlete. Yeah. Who are there doing the thing that keeps you in your seat? Yeah. This is freaking full circle. Full circle. Yeah. You act like a jerk. Yeah. They're going to perform like jerks. Yeah. If you act like a solid human being, they yeah. are going to be solid human beings who show up for you in the field and in the classroom and in life. And then mm-hmm. they're going to be yeah. advocates 
for your school you and your, and your athletics department. Yep. And when they go out and make money, they're going to come back and they're going to build you stadiums and give you money. So like, <laughs> there is no bad thing right. about caring about the, the mental yeah. health of that. Yeah. It's well, but do you, I mean, and you're talking about culture, right? It's like, yeah. what's the culture and people, yeah. you know, throw that around, you know, like, oh, you know, we're into culture and, uh, you know, you see the memes about, you know, the right way, we're going to do it the right way, you know, in athletics and, um, but, but you really are talking about how, when you walk the talk, it all comes around full circle in, in that way. And you said something earlier that I think is really, really important. And I think for, you know, people listening, it's, it's for us, you know, when we started athlete viewpoint and obviously now being part of game plan, it's what drew me to you, the person who happened to have your skill set, right? Which yeah. <laughs> is you you said viewing all of this is an opportunity to evolve. And when we step into that space of saying, I can be better today than I was yesterday. Um, and we're curious and we're we want to learn and we want to grow and improve, you know, that that this isn't about checking a box and it's not about, you know oh, gotcha. You know, you're not, you know, Hey, coach X, you're not good at whatever, you know, gotcha. Like that's, that's not what any of this is about that we're talking about. And, and those kinds of environments and cultures do not support student athlete health and well-being. I mean, it's a, it's a total disconnect for me. Whereas when we do step into that space, take the opportunity to evolve. That doesn't mean we've failed. That doesn't mean we were wrong. That just means we learned something different today and put it into practice that we didn't know yesterday. And I think that's so powerful because there's power dynamics in athletic departments too. You know, it's not just student athlete coach, but it's, you know, coaches and they're worried about their performance and showing up. And so they have to have that psychological safety to take the risk within the environment of their athletic department. So I think all of, all of what you're talking about is, is really important. And I hope that people listening will just sort of really reflect honestly on where their departments are on this continuum and think about how can we just take the opportunity to evolve that, you know, in many ways, this pandemic has presented all of us with. Um, we have no way. problem innovating when it comes to what we do in the weight room, right? how we treat injury, yep. how we like treat concu like concussions. Yeah. That's yeah. our mental health too, right? Like yep. all of these things. Yeah. We'll get fun new uniforms or whatever. Yep. Like build a new building stuff. But yeah. like, why are we not doing this with our mental health? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask one other question specific yeah. to the student athletes, you know, athletics is going through huge transformation right now. You know, totally. we, we all have a little bit of, I think whiplash about what's happened <laughs> recently and where we're going and what, what's next week going to be like. Talk just a little bit uh, about what do you think are, you know, some things like um, NIL, for example, uh, name, image, and likeness has to impact student-athlete mental health in some way, shape, or form. You know, draw a couple of those connections for me in terms of that, in terms of maybe, you know, the, the transfer portal that's, you know, overflowing right now with student-athletes and, and what becoming a transfer or being a transfer student does with, you know, mental health and well-being, you know, what are some of your observations about some of those things that are just changing so fast right now in athletics? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to NIL, you're going to see, um, 
opportunities and lack of opportunities for athletes based off of their sport. Mm-hmm. Right. So our, you know, our football, our basketball, they're probably going to see more opportunities because the mm-hmm. platforms are larger. Mm-hmm. Um, the sports are kind of valued differently within our mm-hmm. culture, but within that you're going to see discrepancies mm-hmm. based on gender, based on race, mm-hmm. based on sexual orientation, mm-hmm. um, based on position, right. I'm thinking of our quarterbacks versus our centers, right. The quarterback can't yeah. do their job without their center, but mm-hmm. how many centers are going to be like, I'll snap the ball, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's going to be all of that. And then yeah. you think about what does that do one for athletes and their, their sport choice, right? Yeah. There's prior to NIL yep. athletes, like making that differentiation through yeah. high school and all of that, of what's, what opportunities are going to be available to them, yeah. um, what opportunities to get their education are going to be more available. Yeah. And then what's it, what's the, the culture and team dynamics, right? Like mm-hmm. what is, what is all of that going to do? But then this impact on having to show up, having to show up on social media, yeah. have to negotiate contracts. Mm-hmm. Like these are 18 to 22 year olds, right? Like they're yeah. not lawyers, you know, right. like then do they have the access to yep. people in their life to, to guide them in a, you know, a long-term like impact way yeah. are, are they just chasing a dollar, right? What are they willing to do? How is that yeah. going to impact their relationships, their career opportunities, right? There's, oh my gosh, there's just, there's so much that, yeah. that can go into that. Um, and then transfers again, it comes back to culture, right? Yeah. And, and what is your culture of being intentional when people come and go out of your mm-hmm. programs? Yeah. Are, are you bringing people in just because we have, there's that, that cluster of student athletes who have a fifth year because mm-hmm. they were competing during right. COVID. Yep. Right. So there are folks who have finished their four years and then they have one more year of eligibility. Yeah. And so maybe they go somewhere and they get a master's. Yeah. Graduate and degree. so what is that? Yeah. What does that do for the current team when mm-hmm. you're pulling in two, three, four, master's students mm-hmm. who are going to be there for one year, like one and done right. kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much. And then all of the things that we've talked about before about the pressures, Yeah, what is the culture like around mental health? Mm-hmm. What is that for that student athlete who may be leaving their first school because there, there was trauma. Mm-hmm. And then what supports do you have as a university that they're coming to yeah. And then knowing that if they had trauma or a bad experience related to their sport, there is going to be healing in that mm-hmm. first year. And yeah. do you know about it? What are you doing to support them? How are you connecting them? Do you talk about it? Right. Like all of these things. Yeah, for sure. You know, I've always thought that that had to be one of the, the hardest aspects of being a coach, particularly when you get to the collegiate level or, you know, even up the pro level, you know, similar to when you hire an employee, every employee that you hire is bringing aspects of their experience from every other supervisor they've had with them. And and in coaching, it's the same way. And, and so you're having the student athlete show up and you're seeing them show up 
in part because that's who they are, but it's also in part because of how they've been treated previously by other coaches and what has been acceptable and what has not been acceptable. And, and you inherit all of that as a coach. Yeah. And that just seems like so much to untangle. Um, and, and then even we don't talk about it on top of it. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like cultural differences. Like we've, we've navigated a, a couple um, circumstances with international students who, mm-hmm. you know, for, for, in their home country, if yeah. you're injured, you don't come. Like there's not an expectation that you show up to practice. Like you're expected to not be there. Right. But then here it's like, oh, you're injured. You show up, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're there, you're on the sideline, you're at all the things. So there yeah. was, was some tension yeah. in like being explicit with your expectations. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, and, and probably varies even within an athletic department program to program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we could, I know you and I could keep talking this could be like a 20 part series and, you know, be 30 hours worth of content. Nobody has that much time, (laughs) to sit. but, um, you know, because the podcast is power the journey and we really are, um, trying to support an athlete's entire journey from high school all the way and up through college graduation, whether or not that includes a pro career or entry into the workforce or, or whatever that is. You know, kind of the last thing I want to touch on with you, Christine, is um, life after sport. And particularly for student athletes who we know that, you know, a lot of their identity is synonymous with their being a student athlete. Um, And we also know how few student athletes graduate from college and actually go on to have a pro career. Talk a little bit about that transition of identity as a student athlete, when they're graduating, they're moving on to the next phase, not only maybe intrinsically for them, but also maybe it could be extrinsic. It could be a student athlete who feels that I only had value to my parents because I performed on the field, or I only had value to my coach because I performed on the field. Talk a little bit about that identity piece for us as we come to a close today. Yeah. Oh gosh. It's huge. It's huge. And it's on a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. You may have, you may have a full scholarship starting athlete who's freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. And they're like, cool. Athletics has been cool. Like I got a degree. This is cool. Like whatever. And, and they're fine. Right. But then you, you can have the other end of it where this is all anyone has ever known and they've Mm -hmm. not explored other options and you know given any consideration to what happens in the classroom and the other opportunities and they can have a really really hard transition out and Mm -hmm. and anything and everything in between and then also our athletes who have career-ending injuries unexpectedly Mm -hmm. who have a high athletic identity they're Mm going to have a hard transition so I mean I'm thinking we just have to be intentional, right? We have to be intentional. And it goes back to what are your values as a department Mm -hmm. and how are you living it? How are you supporting it? What are you doing in your off season to Mm -hmm. give your athletes access to alums Mm -hmm. to find out what they're doing, Mm -hmm. what their Mm -hmm. transition out was, especially those who transitioned out during the pandemic 
um, what, what is happening for those folks in the first one to three years after Mm -hmm. there is such a push right now too, for students in general to think that they have to have the quote unquote, like best job ever Mm -hmm. dream job right out of graduation. And the truth of the matter is like 99% of you will not have that. Yeah. So that's why I tell people after undergrad, I partied for two years. <laughs> I worked at Dick's Sporting Goods and yeah. I have no shame in that game no. because I learned one, so much about myself in that time. And two, yeah. I, I learned transferable skills, yeah. but we need to be priming our athletes to identify those transferable skills from the jump because yeah. every part of the transition will be eased mm-hmm. as we navigate that. Yeah. I think having, having, um, sessions and time where you write out goals and hopes for the year, yeah. for the season, for your athletic career, and mm-hmm. also like life after yeah. and doing that, visiting that every year, right. Whether that's through organized programming, whether that's the coach does it with the mm-hmm. team getting athletes to prime their mind and think about it and allow mm-hmm. it to evolve and grow. If we're thinking about it and we're aligning the now with the future, mm-hmm. that's going to support those transitions. Yeah. And also having conversations in a kind way that are realistic and grounding conversations. If you've got that person who's like two, three down on your depth chart and all they want is to to be a professional athlete, let's not mm-hmm. foreclose on them. Let's support them in that while also holding the reality, right? Like statistically speaking, mm-hmm. X number of X, make it here, but here's how you can work to grow and develop. Yeah. Um, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I love about your story, you know, the, the Dick sporting goods and the partying, <laughs> but you know, we're going to own all of it. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, one, it led you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. which is beautiful. Um, but the other thing too, is I think sometimes for student athletes, they have spent their whole lives. I mean, some of them from the age of, you know, four-year-old T-ball or whatever yeah. that is yeah. going from season to season, sport to sport, team to team, thing to thing. And it isn't until they get just outside of that collegiate experience that they even have the moment to pause to start to unravel not only the arc of their experience, but also then what their future is, is going to look like. And, you know, what I, I love about what you said is that the follow-up needs to be intentional. It can't just be senior banquet, do the speeches, you know, we love you. We're going to miss you, you know, come back and see us. It needs to be, you know, two weeks, four weeks after that senior banquet, pick up the phone. Hey, how are you doing now that you don't have practice to come to every day? Or now that you're, you know, you might still be living with teammates, but, um, you know, you, you've shifted your focus. How are plans coming along for after graduation? It's, it's that that's not, that's not the finish line. Senior, senior night isn't the finish line. Um, It's being able to continue that interest in and support for, beyond their athletic experience. Too many athletes feel like they've been immediately dropped and they don't matter Mm. at the end of their collegiate career. And so, yeah, I mean, think about that fall sport athlete who all of a sudden 
they're like kicked off group texts and like all of these things mm-hmm. and may still be expected to do other things with the department, right? So, and then mm-hmm. on the on the flip side is that that senior who's a spring sport and maybe like I'm thinking baseball, softball, whose seasons may go beyond the academic yeah. year. And so mm-hmm. they may, based off of your travel schedule and your competition, they may miss graduation. Right. right? Yeah. Or maybe some of those pieces that they miss. Yeah. And so then when they're done, you're coming back to an empty campus. Mm-hmm. And so then what is that like for them? Right. So the yeah. intentionality around having some sort of ceremony and closure and marking mm-hmm. those things can doing what you can to allow them to still participate in some of those really important transitional markers. Yeah. And I get it. If you're at like regionals and it's during graduation, they ain't nothing you can do about it. Like, right. Yeah. But also if you're on the road, you could have a moment. Could you stream the graduation? You know, like what are some mm-hmm. of the things that you can do to continue to honor those seniors so yeah. that, that they have that experience. Um, yeah. And then that intentionality into a couple of weeks into the summer would be really, really valuable. Yeah. I love it. Great suggestions. Awesome. Awesome. Well, gosh, thank you so much for joining us again today. Really appreciate it. It was great to learn more about, you know, not only how do we support our student athletes and their mental health and well-being, but, you know, coaches and the professional staff that, you know, we're all in this together all the time. Um, So the conversations have been really, really great. Um, so thank you for that and, yeah. and for showing up as your authentic self, who I know you always do, which I love. <laughs> no other way. <laughs> um, no other way. Uh, last question for you. We asked yeah. all of our guests this to close out the Power of the Journey podcast. If you could look back and tell your 18-year-old self anything, uh, and, and maybe since we've been talking about mental health, you could put it in that context if you're comfortable doing so. And if not, that's fine too. Um, but, but what would you tell 18 year old, uh, Christine Jehu, not even Dr. Jehu yet, Christine. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, I think the first thing that came to mind, and this is yep. going to, might sound interesting coming from a psychologist. Um, but I would tell my 18 year old self to, um, slow down, Mm -hmm. sit in the quiet and pay attention to what your inner self is telling you Mm -hmm. and your emotional experience and know that all of that is Mm a-okay. And if you can honor it Mm -hmm. and do what you need to do to align and realign and get the support and do the hard work, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice for all of us, regardless of age uh, <laughs> or, or place, current place in this, yeah. in this world. Um, so blessed to be able to call you friend, colleague, mm-hmm. to have you on our board of advisors. Just uh, really appreciate you sharing your expertise with our audience today. So super feeling super grateful right now for you and, and for this opportunity. Um, you know, hosting a podcast is not my normal jam. So you did great. Uh, I'm did not great. doing this. I'm not doing this for just anybody, Dr. <laughs> Jacob. So um, 
you know, for those of you listening today, really hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did and that you um, got a lot out of it. Um, again, feel free to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, not only to power the journey, but also to Beyond the Couch. And check back next week. We will interview another industry leader and continue our conversations about athletes and mental health. And don't forget, your journey has power. Thanks so much for joining us.